Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something. With Lord Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. You are listening to Something Something Broncos. I am Jess Place, joined by Lori Lattimore-Volkman, Tim Lynch, and special guest Tim Jenkins, the founder and CEO of Jenkins Elite. He was dubbed Colorado's quarterback whisperer in a Nine News piece. Former NFL QB Jenkins founded Jenkins Elite in 2014, the country's premier authority in football development for youth, high school, and collegiate and NFL players, and much more. That sounds way better than failed NFL player. Like <laughs> experienced NFL player. According to Twitter, you're also a Drew Locke apologist. Isn't that right? Yeah, I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> There's the haters and then the not haters. Right, yeah. right. I've recently learned about all these terms too, like hot take. It's like, <laughs> dude, I just watched the film and was just saying what I saw. It's not like a hot take. But what is your agenda in anyway. calm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's agenda. I yeah. have one. I have one piece of agenda with Broncos country, and that's get them to trade for PJ Walker in Carolina because I work with PJ. So I'd love <laughs> to have him. You know, I'd love to have PJ living at the house and then going over to you know Dove. So that's my only piece of agenda. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a noble agenda. I think we can all get behind that. That's that's totally fine. Your intentions are great. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So seriously, when you do look at Drew Locke play, since that's, of course, the question on everybody's mind is how is he doing? What do you see that tells you that he could become a good quarterback? And I guess I'm assuming that we think there's enough there that he could. Yeah. One, I got to preface this with, I got to be completely transparent. I didn't really pay that much attention weeks one through eight, right? And then Albright's like, hey, man, will you come on and talk about Drew Locke? So I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to start watching, you know? <laughs> you were watching uh, PJ we, Walker the whole time. Yeah, our training's on Sunday. So it's like, by the time I get off the field, I come home, and it's not like I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch this game, you know? So, <laughs> so I start paying attention week nine, which is the Atlanta game, and he had three or four just horrendous we call them PSLs, which is a pre or it's a combination of pre and post snap look. So there's simple plays like, you know, slant arrow where it's a slant outside an arrow route. And then the other side's double slant. So you throw double slant. If there's two high safeties, you throw slant arrow if it's single high and it was single high and he's going to the double slant side. So there was some horrendous stuff week nine. So I'm sitting there watching like, Oh, I can't wait to go on the radio and trash this kid. And everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> so, then all of a sudden, the Drew Locke haters really liked me, which I didn't know was a thing, right? I didn't know there was the hatred camp and the apologist camp. <laughs> the, the Oakland game got better. The Oakland game got better. Then he has the Miami game. Really started to get better after he threw the, that interception. Right. Uh, Chiefs, he built on that. With the exception of the scramble drill and then the late game, mm. he did a lot better. But honestly, this Carolina game, if you really watch the tape, uh, he he started to be like everyone else that I break down in that you're starting to have to like, okay, 
here's a really high level mistake versus uh, the single high, two high air that he made is like something that I would crucify my eighth grade quarterbacks about. <laughs> so when I saw it on tape, I was like, oh my God, like we're in trouble, right? <laughs> I'm like, we gotta, you know, you gotta go get Lawrence. But honestly, the last <laughs> few games, the progression's been incredible from his eyes are in the right place. You know, I know everyone looks at the four touchdowns and no picks and says, oh, we could have easily ran power instead of play action and throw to Patrick in the flat. And all of a sudden, he, you know, he's got two touchdowns. And, you know, so it's that to me, I don't care about as much. Um, I know it's a production league and he'll have to get there at some point. But when you're evaluating a kid who's in year one, two and three, you really just want to see his eyes in the right spot and you want to see him making high quality football decisions and and I think he's getting there. And I think, you know, Pat Shermer's offense, anyone who tells you, hey, man, I got to the NFL and they give you a binder this big, it's a lie. If you run a real West Coast offense, you get to the NFL and they give you six binders that are this big. Like, I'll <laughs> never forget my wife and I, like, her quizzing me. And she was, at the time, she was teaching. And it was like, I felt like I was in her second grade classroom. Like, I didn't know anything. So, you know, he's, he's trying to learn all this in the midst of a season. So I want to cut him a little slack there, but I don't want to be an apologist. So. <laughs> well, so what are some of the things that when you do look at him and you're evaluating, what are the, the, the things on the field that tell you whether somebody's a good or bad quarterback? What is it you're actually looking at when you do that? Yeah, don't read into the footwork. The footwork thing is like, a, you know, it's going to depend on scheme, right? I personally bash his footwork because of the right foot back in the gun. I think, it's, I think it's garbage for a young quarterback in the league to do that. The only guys that are having success with it are like Aaron Rodgers and dudes like that who have – they've forgotten more football than, than we know. So, <laughs> you know, they can do that and they can have their eyes early to places. I'd love to see him put his left foot back – but from a footwork perspective, like when people say, oh, you know, footwork, I honestly think that's just a broad way of saying, I don't know why he sucks, but boom, footwork. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he definitely floats back a lot and throws off his back foot, right? I hear that a lot, which is highly true. But listen, if you had to stand in the pocket week nine, you'd be floating back too. I've seen a lot of people on Thanksgiving playing their turkey bowl floating back and it's only Aunt Cindy off the edge. <laughs> When you get a 265-pound, you know, linebacker, I'm a float back too. So, you know, that's hit and miss. When you're looking at the tape, though, I'm all about his eye placement. So they ran a play called XZ Read, which is where they, they have two guys who sit on, like, the hash marks. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to take your eyes at the mic linebacker. And, like, he comes off of play action. He finds the mic. The mic opens up left, and he throws it. Like, those are the little things that if he can keep doing – that's my issue, I think, with the Broncos fans that tweet me and are like, Drew Locke sucks. We need better decision-making. Let's draft a rookie. It's like, bro, <laughs> a rookie's not going to be – that's not an upgrade. If they're, if they're saying, hey, let's go get Stafford or whoever, sure, right? The dude's – you know, he's he been in the NFL forever. Of course he'll be able to come in and do well. So those would be the kind of things, hey, are his eyes in the right spot? You know, if it is a – concept that hey here's our two high side here's our single high side is he going to the right spot I like to see quarterbacks that don't waste man-to-man -man opportunities a lot of NFL teams nowadays they'll put their receiver right here and they'll line their tailback up way outside and then they motion the tailback in mm -hmm. so they do that to it tells you manner zone right away because in the NFL 
you don't pay a DB $15 million to cover a running back, right? So if it's man, the DB will line up inside, the linebacker will go outside. So they do this pre-snap to motion them back in because if it was a linebacker, now it's man. And what we're seeing Drew do a lot more of is with those kind of things, he's taking shots, he's throwing the go ball, he's doing different stuff, which you want to see. I mean, that's what, that's what Mahomes does better than anybody in the league is he's never once wasted – this whole season hasn't wasted a man-to-man opportunity. He literally will just drop as far back as he can and wait for, you know, Tyreek Hill to run 900 yards, and then he just throws it. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a quarterback like Mahomes, who is the 10th yeah. pick, I think, the year he went, but I don't remember everyone talking about him the way we hear about Lawrence or the way we heard about that whole year with Darnold and Rosen yeah. and, like – and then look at him. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. Did he just have this innate ability to, to read the defense that we weren't paying attention to when he was coming out of college? Or did he just grow and we just had, you know, it was just his time to be amazing? It's a, it's a combination of uh, every factor. The worst, thing you could, the worst thing that could happen to a quarterback is you, play, is you go number one overall. You're going to the worst team on planet right. Earth, right? So – you know, I mean, listen, here's my, here's my brutal take about it. If Sam Darnold was in Kansas City, we would look at Sam Darnold like we look at Patrick Mahomes. Let's right. not forget what Kansas City has. Andy Reid, they had a quarterback when he went there. It wasn't like it was like, hey, man, it's all on you. And I they had say, weapons around him. Like they yeah. had an offense that could do stuff. And they had a guy that turned Michael Vick into a great reader of the football field. Let's not forget <laughs> what Andy Reid's done. So Mike Vick, who his whole career never read anything, right? He was just the best kid on the playground, goes and plays for Andy Reid at Philadelphia, and all of a sudden he's like, I actually know how to read defenses now. So <laughs> we're talking about one of the guys who's probably the best at mental development in the NFL, and it just so happened that he didn't have the pressure of having to play right away, and you're going to a pretty good organization. So I think he's obviously uber-talented, um, but honestly, if you had to drop Patrick in New York when Sam Darnold got there, are the Jets as bad as they are right now? Probably not, but he's not who we think he is now. So Right. What if we dropped Drew Locke in the Kansas City Chiefs? He would be really good, but he would look more like Alex Smith. The, the reason it's so special in Kansas City, in my opinion, is because you have this great offensive mind in Andy Reid but you also have arguably the most gifted thrower we've seen since Jamarcus Russell. But the difference is Mahomes doesn't like purple drink the same. So he's <laughs> doing a little bit better than Jamarcus was. Aside from the, uh, the, the haters of Locke and the Locke apologists, that, that, that debate, there is also this debate that Shermer is working with what he's working with. Is, is Pat Shermer calling offenses that set Drew lock up for success. I noticed there's not a lot of short passing kind of opportunities like screens and bubble screens and those sort of things. Like why aren't those being employed to kind of open up the kind of passes that Drew lock wants to make? I think honestly, what we're seeing more of with Shermer is less about like, Hey, he's trying to call the Drew's strengths or not. Cause Drew, it, he's a, it, I mean, he makes every throw. I think what we're seeing with Shermer is just a reduced menu. He doesn't have his full install in. I made like a sales analogy on Twitter, but it'd be really hard to close people if all you had was texting, right? And you're trying to close an older guy who only wants to get on the phone. So <laughs> I, think this is, I think that's where we're at right now is I don't think Shermer has a full menu. 
And I think that's why we're progressively seeing it get better. Think about how horrendous the offense looked early on versus now, but they were running stuff against Carolina that I hadn't even seen in week 10. And it's not because it's not because the defense didn't align for it. The defenses were, you know, there's the same coverages, but I think now it's added to the menu. So I think that's more of what we're seeing, but I do think we'll see the quick game aspect of our offense evolve massively this off season. Um, and I think in reality, it just has more to do with COVID than anything of if you lose OTAs, you'd be amazed at how much stuff goes in during OTAs versus training camp. You know, OTAs is, think we even have the rookies during OTAs. So OTAs is one of those things where it's like, this is, you know, it's like spring football in college. If you don't get these reps, it's really hard to catch up. I would be of the opinion that I, I don't even, this is how bad of a fan I am. I don't know who they had last year. I know he was with the Niners before. If they knew COVID was going to happen, they wouldn't have fired him. Yeah, if you don't have OTAs, it's, I mean, it's so, tough. What is the install when you're together at the facility in the room versus being on Zoom together? I mean, I, I would say the Zoom installs in the NFL are probably as good as Zoom preschool is for my four-year-old. The dude just <laughs> runs around in the basement. You see that little basketball hoop? He just dunks on it, right? So, no, I mean, they get the whiteboard aspect of it, mm -hmm. right? And the film aspect of it of, hey, here was us running it. Here was, here was the team that I came from running it. What you don't get is the actual then, okay, let's go on the field and execute it and then film ourselves and then coach up the tape, which is, yeah. and a majority of these, you got to remember, think of everyone who's in the NFL, right? A majority of these kids are physical kids, right? You grew up in terms of like the styles of learning, they're probably the, I got to do it, you yeah. know? And this is receivers included, right? O-line, everybody. You're probably missing out on, you know, 90% of the way most of these kiddos learn. Is my teacher looking at me? Okay, no, I'm going to go back to playing this video game. <laughs> <laughs> Something stuck out to me because obviously we've all read uh, Drew Locke's like draft profiles, everything coming out of college because he was tied to the Broncos. One thing that always stuck out to me um, was an analysis saying that he had slow eyes and I, I never really understood what that meant. Did that mean he was slow and with his progressions? Um, is that something that's correctable? Can he get quicker? You know, what, what is your take on that? Having being somebody who, you know, trains quarterbacks. I think, I, I think a hundred percent you can improve, you know, I, I would call it eye manipulation, right? You can improve, Hey, here's where I need to look. I would say anytime you're evaluating the college stuff, it's hard because the college game and I don't want to trash it, but it's just so simple. Like when you watch the college game, if they line up and cover two, they're probably going to run it. Whereas against Carolina, I don't know if you guys saw, there were times where it looked like press man and they got to Tampa too. I'm like, how in the heck, you know, do you, are you supposed to see that pre-snap? So I would tell you that I think it's, I think that's what's improved most from that first Atlanta game I saw to now would be his eyes and where he's putting them. Um, you know, in terms of the slow eyes thing, I think, you know, a lot of that's, I would say, because of the college game. I mean, you could watch Trevor Lawrence on tape and say, oh, he's not really moving his eyes that much. Well, yeah, he doesn't have to, right? He's, yeah. he's just going to take a five step and fire that thing. And so I think, uh, you know, if that's the hardest part right now, and that's why we have so many busts 
for at the quarterback position is no one really runs anything close enough to what the NFL is going to want from you. So that's why you see guys like Kyler Murray, they come in, boom, they're successful because Cliff, I mean, he knows how to coach that style. If I'm, a, if I'm an NFL GM, that would be my biggest issue right now is I don't, I don't know where you go to really find a, a true, you know, pro-ready kid, and then you're bringing him into a hyper, you know, hyper-expedited environment that wants him to make our team better tomorrow. And it's just like, you know, it's like it would be like us, at, you know, at our company hiring interns and saying, why aren't you closing more deals? Like, well, you haven't trained them, right? So it's, um, it's just a tough dynamic, I think, now. Do you think we're asking too much of these college quarterbacks? I mean, because I've said on this show a few times, because the week that the Saints, we played the Saints, we had no quarterback, and I was furious, and I think I spent most of the week just flailing F-bombs on Twitter. Swearing. Yeah, mostly swearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that was pretty much all I could do. But I just thought, this proves more than anything how important the quarterback position is and how hard it is. Because – We've all been there. We've all said, I could go in and throw the football yeah. and, you know, make a score. And then we saw what a world-class athlete did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I thought, yeah. you know. He did complete a pass. That was. Yep. There's there a better way of, to do this. There's a lot of things at play, honestly. There's one, the common comment is, well, you have nothing to lose, right? Hey, we're 0-8. We got nothing to lose. Let's put the rookie in. Well, <laughs> you got a lot of his psyche to lose, right? So. So that is a huge thing that we say a lot. A big thing too, and like, listen, I'm not going to try to like make anyone feel bad for these guys, but a big thing of why we have a hard time with it as fans is because we look at how much money they're making and we say, oh, you should be ready, right? And it's, <laughs> I mean, it makes total sense. Listen, anyone who makes $10 million, you think, hey, man, you're ready to go. You know, we're seeing it with uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold looks human and Sam Darnold's a great player. Anyone who thinks Sam Darnold's the reason the Jets suck or that Sam Darnold sucks, I mean, he's going to be the next Ryan Tannehill. He's going to go somewhere else, and he's going to be – except he's better to begin yeah. with. I just think he's going to go somewhere in res- and, and it's going to be You're great. You're probably or, right. I mean, what do Ryan Tannehill and Sam Darnold have in common? Adam, <laughs> or Adam Gaze, too. And what's, what stinks is I love Adam. I met him at a party when he was here in Denver, and I like him a lot. Maybe he's just an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. <laughs> Do you guys remember his press conference with the Yes. Game? Oh, yeah. Most bizarre press conference I of all time. Him, I texted him and I was like, are you okay? Because <laughs> like, oh. he looked like he was like out of his mind. He said the lighting was weird. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. like, I could be walking up to a police siren and my face would look like that. Looking forward to next year. You think there will be growth with Drew Locke? You think, you, you think, you think it's too soon to throw in the towel on Drew? Uh, personally, I, I mean, if I, was, if I was in the front office, it'd be simple. We're going to, if the price is right, we'll bring in another, we'll bring in a vet, right? And that's where I, I everyone gets mad at me because I don't know what that is. I'm not a, like a GM. Like, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea how the salary cap works. <laughs> but if the price is right, you bring in a veteran there's going to be some value picks in this draft later on that I would look at possibly bringing in. Um, but no, I mean, I I'm in the camp of, okay. I should say if this continues, right. if all of a sudden next week, he struggles with single high and two high reads again, this plan probably changes. <laughs> and then I would overpay for a vet 
<laughs> my thing is, I just think the Broncos, uh, flat out, I think the Broncos are good. And I think this receiving core is good. And so my last solution would be to draft a quarterback. That right. immediately makes you your window two years later. So I would be in the camp of give him another year, let him run. And if we suck at the end of 2021, I was wrong, and we need to move on officially. But I think he's putting some really good stuff on tape. You know, there's some people that hate the dancing and the other stuff, you know, but. True luck it's all fun has... when you're winning. <laughs> yep, no doubt. <laughs> winning true. cures all. Winning right. cures all. That was, that was my college experience. I, one week we'd lose and everything, I sucked. I couldn't even go to class. The next week we'd win and it was like I was the greatest person on, on campus. So, winning <laughs> cures all. This next week, they're playing the Bills, which is obviously going to be a tougher team than playing the Panthers. Okay. The defense is really good. So, you know, I assume that what we're looking for in Drew Locke, when you say, you know, you want to see him still get better, it's not necessarily that we would expect him to throw four touchdowns, but it's that he's – we're still seeing him look off the safety and yeah. we're seeing him, uh, you know, make the right choice in the, in the throw he picked, he chooses yeah. – Last week, what I was really impressed with is he had a lot of accurate passes where I felt yeah. like some earlier games, even when maybe it's the right throw, maybe it's not, but he's like overthrowing the guy by five yards. Like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah he did a great job. I think the first step, right, is all, you want to get to where he's always making that right decision. And then after that, of course, right, we want to see him make the actual throw. Um, but just, you know, from a talent perspective, that's the last thing we need to worry about with him. Right. I mean, the kid puts some throws on tape that are insanely special. So the last thing I would worry about is because he can make every throw. We just need to get him in the right spot, and we need to get him in the right spot and him knowing it is right. versus, you know, the, like, the double clutch. You know, <laughs> that's what we don't want to see. What do you think about Josh Allen? Because who knew for sure that Josh Allen was going to be great? especially after his year one and two. And he made a huge leap. And, you know, a lot of people are pointing out that that's the anomaly. But does it have to be? That's not the anomaly, though. It's the common trajectory. We just – we see certain guys and yeah. we say, oh, rookies can do it. But, like, let's not forget. I would Okay, I think everyone would agree. I would trade right now for Aaron Rodgers, right? right. If you yes. put – if you'd have put rookie Aaron Rodgers with that old school Cal delivery in a game, he would have looked like the worst quarterback anyone's ever seen on planet earth. He was a horrendous player in those preseason games with that motion. It right. just looks stupid. Give him three years under Brett Favre or however many he had all of a sudden he's Aaron Rodgers. So let's like, and then again, right. Peyton Manning and everyone else. Let's not get caught up in the fact that like we've had certain people do it. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, that's the common – the Josh Allen trajectory is the more common trajectory. The comparison of Josh Allen and Drew Locke are like – I mean, maybe from like just, hey, here's the years they've been in the NFL. But like yeah. comparing Josh, or Josh Allen and Drew Locke is like being like, I don't understand why Peyton Manning wasn't very good as a rookie. Lamar Jackson was. Like they played two completely different games. Like Josh Allen is 6'5", 240. Like – Josh Allen's a better comp to Cam Newton, yeah. right? They're big-ass dudes that can run fast. Like, <laughs> Drew Locke, it's it just not – I mean, it, it, that's not his game. 
And you could make the argument that Drew Locke right now is a better thrower of the football than Josh Allen. Josh Allen can throw it a country mile, but Josh Allen still misses some, some stuff that if he was in Broncos country, people would be like, oh, my God, he can't hit anything. <laughs> so it's like, you know. Broncos country like, would be mad no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, the grass is always greener. You know, uh, your buddy always has it better. It's, it's not true. Drew Locke's on a good progression. You know, Josh Allen, people last year were still trying to run him out of town. So, yeah. you know, let's be honest. If, if Drew Locke were playing the same football he's playing right now, Mm-hmm. next year and he had relatively close touchdown interceptions but everyone's healthy and the Broncos are going to be in the wild card no one's saying anything right right I think it's a lazy comparison I wouldn't read too much into it I think Josh Allen's a good player but I also think they have a lot of stability and that team is getting better keeping the continuity is that a, a big part I think of getting better? rid of Shermer if you're gonna keep Locke and invest in Locke is a horrendous idea if you get rid of Shermer, you better be trading up in the draft and trying to go get, you know, you better be trying to go get another quarterback. It's the only way it's worth it. Right. I, it, right. You know, I, I think if you're really going to go all in on Locke, go all in with the guy that you hired for him. Everyone, we went out and got Shermer for him. That's what, you know, that's what we thought was going to be the best for his development. You know, because at the beginning of this season, everyone was like, this kid's going to be a Hall of Famer. Now all of a sudden he sucks. So, um, yeah, no, I think you've got to give him another year. Free offensive coordinators in three years is – I don't think I've ever – has there ever been an, uh, a great quarterback that's had that happen and recovered? I mean, that's, that's ruining. Imagine. The only career. guys you could really compare to that would be like Tom – it would be like Brady and Peyton and like Drew Brees a little bit later in their careers – but when Peyton was in Denver, we were running Peyton Manning system. Yeah. Like, yeah. so when you change the coordinator, it didn't matter because Peyton was like, hey, listen, here's what we're running. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like the sheriff. Is it too much to ask to get yeah. that back? Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just want that back. Just, yeah. just come back. And listen, he's a great guy on TV, but if you go and you run slants for him, they better be freaking perfect. The sheriff, yeah. ain't, he's not an all-state commercial on the field. You know, so. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, and, and, I mean, and, and that and therein is the secret of his success, you know? It's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like the difference to me with Peyton and Tom, the difference is Tom is like that everywhere. So people just hate him. They're like, Brady, you suck. Peyton like looks really nice. And when he talks to you, he's really nice. But if you're a teammate, you got some different stories than everybody else who was shooting a commercial with him. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean you could always tell in those years, especially in the Super Bowl year. Like the the defense loved him, but the offensive guys they were always a little more reserved in their compliments because they were probably just nervous as hell to be around. Yeah, they had just been at Duke all summer running slant for eighteen hours a day. (laughs) So that's I mean that's the stuff that he would do though, right? And I think that's what like great ones do is no, we're not going to move on right? Young QBs nowadays, they want to throw everything. Throw the full route tree. Peyton would go and he would literally spend eight hours at Duke throwing slant until Demarius Thomas came flat enough for him. And then he'd say, okay, we can move on. Let's do an out now, right? It was simple. <laughs> and 18 Man, hours we need to later, do some of that. <laughs> the best thing you could get in a quarterback is someone who actually loves football, right? So I see it at a much smaller level with our high school kids. The kids who were really good in college, 
hate the recruiting process because the recruiting process nowadays, I don't know if you pay attention to that at all on Twitter, but it's like a kid gets offered by someone, he tweets it out and all the fans, you know, come in. If you like that attention, you like the wrong stuff, right? right? If you want to be a quarterback in the NFL because of money and because when you go out somewhere, people are going to recognize you, you're going to be garbage. (laughs) If you actually love football, I mean, like Peyton Manning would have done it for 10 bucks a week. Right? Like the guy loves football. If you find people that love football, your team's going to be way better. I mean, Bill Belichick talks about it all the time. Bill Belichick talks about the reason they can move on from guys and why they, you know, other people don't. There's an expectation in New England that you actually love football. And if you don't, you can go play somewhere else and make money, but you ain't going to win, you know. When I hear Drew Locke talk, it really makes me think, though, he's one of those guys. If you're a quarterback in the NFL and you get a chance to be a starter, you have a simple choice. If you, if you really just decide, I'm going to love the game of football, I guarantee you'll turn into Aaron Rodgers or, or whoever, if you have the talent to start to begin with. Right. But, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of guys who – and they, it's in college. It's in everything, right? It's in every job. There's a lot of guys that like what comes with it versus really loving what they're doing. Well, I was listening to you on KOA. The Broncos country, country tonight. tonight. Yeah, I was falling into the Drew Locke hater camp because I just was seeing the things you were talking about that he has had struggled with. Yep. And it was driving me mad. You know, as a fan, I'm just like, this is, this is your second year. How are you making these kind of mistakes? And so you're going through all this stuff and it just made me feel so much better. So I have to thank you. Uh, you pulled me <laughs> off the brink. At least for one week, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, all bets are off on Sunday morning, you know? Well, right. <laughs> I tell everybody, I, I went from like week nine, everyone thought I was too hard on him, right? They're like, dude, you're too, what are you doing? And then now everyone's like, oh, this guy thinks Drew Locke's going to be a Hall of Famer. So, of course, I'll get associated with that the week that he goes and throws, like, four picks. Right, <laughs> right. I we'll mean, try just to It's the nature of being an NFL quarterback. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. Which is a perfect segue to what I, wanted, what I want to do. So, on KOA, you made this – you were really just doing an example of how hard it is to be an NFL quarterback. You mentioned, I think, like early on, either training camp or your first, you know, preseason game or whatever, you go out of the huddle and you're, you're yelling out the call and you're just hoping you got yeah. it right. You're not even sure what that is, much less trying to read a defense. But you rattled off a call and I was like, what, what did he just say? Like, I wouldn't yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> rattle off like two or three or four, you know, a typical play call. We're going to each try and repeat it. Bonus points if you can drop an Omaha in there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, I actually could because Omaha was a speed out for us. But, um, okay, so here's like an easy – we'll do do easy, medium, and then we'll do the hard. Okay. So an easy one would just be twins right, F counter, scat right, F ship. (laughs) Twins right, F counter, scat, F ship. (laughs) Scat right. Scat right. right. Scat right. See? The wrong I way. just fucked everybody <laughs> up, didn't I? <laughs> and the ball has been intercepted. <laughs> yeah. so, so, like, here was the hardest one I had in camp. So it's twins right gun, F counter, scat right, cat, F band, X shallow, H sneak, kill 50 OP, alert 60 Bruce. The reason it's hard is because you're calling three plays. Because right. you want to get up to the line, right? And you want to say, hey, kill, kill to the run play or alert, alert to the strong side run play. So I remember, I, I vividly remember Brian Schottenheimer looking at me in camp and <laughs> calling in, you know, twins right gun, F counter, scout right, 
F ship, right? Or Scott, right? Uh, cat F band XL H sneak. And then I was like, okay, cat. And he's like, F bend. And I like said it. And he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I'm like, like no. no. <laughs> so I called the play. And then I remember breaking the huddle and standing up there and thinking to myself, I have no idea what this play is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just checked it down to my back. There you go. When in doubt, check it down to your back. That's the, that's the, <laughs> so we do a lot of, we do, we do draft prep where we get the kids ready for the combine. Yeah. That's the number one thing you tell these kids. When in doubt during yeah. OTAs, throw it to your running back. Like, oh. don't throw to the wrong receiver. Don't, like, try to go and throw the go ball that's not in the progression. Just, just get to your back and say, oh, sorry. I, I didn't like down. the coverage. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, li live to apologize uh, for another day. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. All right, try another one. Now I want Jess to do it. Okay, okay. All right, uh, double right gun, socks right, wide dog highway HD. A double right gun, socks right, uh, double Y HD spider web banana. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we lined up correctly. We lined up correctly, which is all that matters. Okay. <laughs> and then I check it down to my back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Oh, well, Tim, we really appreciate you spending time with us this afternoon. It's actually been it it, just just a hoot. I had so much fun. It was um, a blast. For for those of our uh, our listeners that are interested in Jenkins Elite, they have offices in Colorado and Texas. Um, Parker, uh, Sugarland, Texas. Let's see. Oh, you got and Scottsdale now. And Scottsdale. <laughs> If you want elite level training, uh, you can go to JenkinsElite.com. Across the country, Jenkins Elite provides year-round training for quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and linemen. Jenkins Elite offers group training, private training, virtual football school, a college recruiting program, and much more. Do you do kickings? The, the no students? kicking. I kicked no. in high school, but you don't want that training. I missed every extra point, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh my in a bad position <laughs> well tim we really thank you for for coming on something something broncos uh, it has been a an absolutely wonderful 45 minutes i am just place uh with Lori latimore volkman and tim lynch and uh thank you tim jenkins it was a blast thanks for having me a correction on the reporting of the foul both teams were on the both up both fouls were on the kicking team <laughs> Nine News dubbed you the QB whisperer, the quarterback oh, yeah. whisperer. Yeah, and then everybody now hates that too, right? <laughs> They're like, it's like, tell me if you ran a company that trained quarterbacks and someone said you were that, that you wouldn't use it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went to school in Durango, which is a tiny little D2 school, and then uh, was with the Rams, got fired like everybody, and then went up to the CFL. <laughs> um and did a year up in the canadian league and it was fun learned about loonies and toonies and realized <laughs> everyone is super nice in canada so um, oh nice <laughs> nice but, got your fill of tim hortons yeah i know i it was so funny because everyone's like you got to go to timmy h's you got to go to timmy h's so i went and i'm like this it's good but it's not like crazy <laughs> <laughs> it's no in and out burger i was just oh. gonna say that it's no in and out <laughs> yeah that well, well looking yeah. at you looking at you here on our, on our on our zoom chat i mean i i i thought it was marshawn lynch 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, maybe you guys could edit me up a little bit. Yeah. I could get, yeah. back to my, get back to my playing weight. <laughs> right, right. Uh, John Elway. And Elway, you, and I actually think I knew this story, but you might do it. He wanted to be a running back also. And he, his dad was the one that told me he needed to be a quarterback. And he goes to his first practice and he tells his dad he's going to be a running back. Or I think his dad, they pull up and he's like, um, what position are you going to play? He says, running back. He said, 15, <laughs> like minutes, 15 minutes later, I got out of the car and I was a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Elway was having none of that. Like real plays. I used to like break down like, hey, here's the actual play. And then people are like, dude, that's too, like, don't do that. They're like, I, you can't, like, I'm not going to understand a real NFL playbook. So then I started trying to, like, I don't know, I want to make the game more enjoyable for people to watch. Because, you know, and I don't want to bash Chris Collinsworth, but the stuff he says, like, it was probably right him. when he was Yeah, no, playing. please do. Yeah. We don't, we <laughs> was, don't like him. Yeah, we go after probably... the whole Collinsworth family. <laughs> I mean, it was probably right when he was playing. It's just not like correct anymore and then we have people that just like blatantly will say oh rpo and it's like <laughs> no it was you couldn't have actually handed it off it was pass pro so i'm trying to hopefully make it to where people when they watch on sundays uh, it's more enjoyable and then hopefully they're the cool guy at the party right telling people you know <laughs> it hey, could have been RPO. action not play action That's yeah right. it was totally pass pro dude yeah weeks ago i was doing a zoom call with the guys that um we do like draft prep with yeah and like literally spider-man and elsa were right here because my <laughs> my four-year-old boy had a spider-man costume on and my little girl had her elsa and it was like oh that's awesome yeah that's great that's great